When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, Ryan Miller night is upon us. But before we get to the good stuff, we have some bullshit to talk about. And I, of course, am talking about the Buffalo Sabres' brutal, brutal overtime loss against arguably the worst team in the league, the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh boy. This was a tough one. The Sabres had a three to one lead in this game throughout the game. Several guys stood out as bright spots. Tyson Jost among them. He further has cemented himself as a part of this team after being picked up on waivers. And as I say, a part of this team, I mean a legitimate every night part of this team. He's been a great acquisition for them and is, thrived in the bottom six particularly playing and at center and has overall looked pretty good with Casey Middlestat and Victor Olofsson on his wings defensively what the hell is going on structure-wise with this team the main takeaway that I had from watching this game and really watching this past stretch here where the state the Sabres have been struggling we know that they're a streaky team we know that where they are right now generally speaking standings wise Coming into the season is kind of where we thought they would be. This team that's dancing around 500, maybe a, a couple games above, hopefully. And that's, you know, would be something that we would be generally happy about going into the season and looking at where we are at this point. But for a while now, I am of the mindset that Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power, and Matias Samuelson are the only defensemen currently on the roster who should be on the team opening night yeah. next season. You should, you could have it after roster. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do agree. And I'm not, if I'm mistaken, Lubchushkin is signed through next year. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I think he should be a seventh defenseman then at best. I've really not been impressed with him. And then Yoki Haru, we're doing this dance for multiple years now. Uh, it's just really not working. He, he's not really good at anything. At least earlier this year, Lubchushkin was good at like hitting and clearing the net. And he's really declined, unfortunately. I don't, I don't know what's happened uh, with that. And then Bryson, I <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't I don't I also don't know what to say about that. And then you know, Cal Clegg is someone I think is another guy that could be like a seven. A guy he's it's nice that you can kind of go back and forth. Like you don't have any obligation to start him, but sometimes he's pretty good. And then mm-hmm. obviously Fitzgerald's gone, pilots and Rochester. Uh so as far as the Chicago game goes, it was a very frustrating game t- to me for two big reasons. First of all, despite taking a lead, I don't think they really looked Now, I shouldn't say they didn't look impressive. They did. They controlled the flow of the game. They stopped Chicago. I don't know how to put this. Like half the time, they're really good at stopping Chicago. And then let's say when a certain pairing is out on the ice, a certain defensive pairing, they were not so good at it all of a sudden. Um, So if if basically if one of Power, Dell, and Samuelson, or even if um, someone like Jost or someone like that is out on the ice, pretty good. 
And then they just let stupid defensive breakdowns. And then frankly, uh, two not great goals. Uh, I think, yes, they were far away. They were low percentage shots. Goalies have to stop them. Not doing a good job at stopping guys from screening, though. If if guys are going to score on weak, low percentage shots, it's probably either because goalie meltdown. I'm not going to call that. I'm not going to call that a goalie meltdown. Or you're letting uh, a forward screen the goalie, which did happen on on Tuesday night. Uh, that's something that can happen. This is the NHL, guys. It's it's not it's not like peewees. You can't just let a guy stand directly in front of your goalie. The other thing that was frustrating is. They just look terrible in the third period. And, like, I get not being able to get the game in the garage, as Chris Parker, Bulldog of WGR, would say. But, like, th- this is the Blackhawks. You do it against them, at least. You have trouble against the Bruins, maybe. You have trouble against even teams that are at your level, like Detroit. You can't let that happen with the Blackhawks. And then they didn't look at it at all in overtime. You got to get out there in three and three and kick their ass after that. Like, okay, you let up a late goal. It, that doesn't matter at that point. You got to play an extra five minutes. The, the point doesn't matter. In fact, you're hurting Chicago. They're in the other conference, irrelevant point. You go out there and you win at three on three. You have the superior forwards. Their two best forwards, who are Hall of Famers and at one point were both among the best players in the league, are old. They don't move like they used to. You have to get out there and dominate. They don't have, like, Jesus, you're letting Seth Jones skate around on you. It's bad. It's a bad game. I don't want to focus too much on it, but I think one more thing we should mention, uh, I don't know if it's as a result of the game or just what's been going on with the roster, a former Blackhawk and now potential former Sabre, Vinny Henestrosa was put on waivers today. Uh, yes. I got to say, even though I think Henestrosa is a fine NHL player and I like the idea of the fact that the Sabres had good forward depth, even though we, as we mentioned, they probably have too many guys. I don't really get why they brought him back because it took until like this regular season for them to drop Anders Bjork, who is their 15th forward. I think they probably knew Paterka was going to be up. They knew they were, well, they also brought back Sheehan, who they ended up having to, to get rid of. And it's like kind of weird. They brought Henestros back. The more I think about it, it would have been better trading with the deadline last year. That's exactly what I was going to say. It goes back to last year's deadline for me, where it was reported that they I'm, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but I am 95% positive that there was a report last year that there was an offer on the table that they ended up turning down because of how much they felt like he was a fit in the room. But it was the case then as it is now, where does he fit on this team? (laughs) Yeah. Where's the fit? Right. And and so again, like you said, he absolutely fine NHL player. He could, he could play on a team's uh, bottom six, a hundred percent. It wasn't working out here, but that just goes to show that that's just poor asset management on your part. When less than a year ago, you could have had a, a mid-round pick for a guy. And and of course, I know, you know, it, it, in, a mid-round pick could be inconsequential. But again, it's still asset management and being able to at least get something. It's at least a, a dart throw getting an extra pick. It could be a, a pick that's ended ends up getting used in another deal. It's like a little sweetener sometimes, you know, we see that happen. But hanging on to him when and, and then again, re-signing him coming into this year. I mean, I guess it makes sense given that they, you know, didn't trade him at the deadline last year, that they were pretty intent on wanting to re-sign him and have him here to start this year. But you gotta have some foresight of of where this roster is and where it's gonna be, because even if you were to say 
well, we didn't know Quinn and Paterka were going to make the roster opening night roster or whatever, which is just like wrong. I think everybody knew that they were ready to take the step. But even if you didn't want to say that, there were still more than enough guys within the system that would give you pretty close to what Henestrosa was giving them all throughout this year. So it was just, it was just poor asset management from from start to finish and it's unfortunate because Henestrosa obviously you know by all reports is a good guy, like a good fit in the room. The guys obviously love him. It's it you know is meaningful that Adams didn't trade him at the deadline last year for that reason. But again, you got to do what's best for the team. And the fact of the matter is, is that this forward rotation with sitting guys regularly, just it's not working. And it's not the way that they should be going about this because it's not properly honoring the development plan that they should have in place so that these guys can maximize what their their talent is now to build upon that for what their future is going to look like. So and I'll also say too that even you know when we talk about that we're talking about that in the sense of Jack Quinn and, and JJ Paterka and Peyton Krebs and rightfully so but I think that also even applies to a degree and people really haven't been talking about this even though he hasn't looked great that applies to Asplin too like I don't want Asplin in the press box as much as he has been even though he hasn't been lighting the world on fire this season well those two things are related aren't they he can't get a rhythm going he plays well, like exactly two weeks. no a hundred percent. But my, my point is, well, that yeah, exactly. Is like, I would rather see him in the lineup and have him work through it because with where he is in his career and his age, it's hard for me to think that a guy that was getting Selkie votes last year, just suddenly, you know, disappear here. You know, we've seen guys play in a similar role that thrive in Granado's system like this. And so for Asplund, I think it's just a matter of, like you said, giving him the ice time and giving him the chance to just get back in the groove of things. Cause he has looked good at a, a lot of points throughout the year. And then this forward rotation shit started and it feels like it's just, it's, it's to the detriment of the team. And, and while we're talking about asset management too, Craig Anderson, my man is 40 years old and obviously you cannot wave him. I know they're not going to waive him, of course, just given his, you know, he's a 20-year vet in the league and his presence in the locker room, showing respect for him, whatever. But what are we doing bringing him back when, sure, he has actually pretty decent surface numbers this year, on the surface numbers this year, but he's playing once every week and a half. Right. I, it, it's a weird move. I, I don't you know don't have a have solidified starter in front of him. If we're talking about having like Jake Ottinger in front of him or something like that, or Vasilevsky, then yeah, it makes sense. Look what they're doing with Brian Elliott in, in Tampa, but you can't rely on bringing this guy back when your other goalie going into the season is Eric Comrie. Yeah, that was frankly bad goaltending management, but I think I always think there's a little, little voice in Adam's ear uh, or maybe just in his head that's telling him, Hey, don't scare off Devin Levi. I think that's, I, the more, that's the more I think about it, the more I think it's part of it. Cause it looks like Portillo could be gone. And uh, he, I mean, sure. He's aware of what happened with Cal Peterson a couple of years ago, even though Peterson kind of sucks now, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's uh it's wild, but well, we could hear a word from our sponsors real quick and then get to a uh, little preview of Miller night. Happy thoughts, happy thoughts. All right, folks, DraftKings Sportsbook, their first sponsor. The NFL playoff action continues right here in Buffalo, actually. 
We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL Divisional Round, track, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot and even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. So one game I want to mention um, I think is interesting is I believe it's after, if I'm not mistaken, it's a Sunday night game. It's after the Bills game. Is Dallas and San Francisco, that's the last game, right? I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, so Dallas whooped that ass on uh, Monday night. That was, I hate the Monday night playoff game. I don't like that at all, but I do like that. It involved Tom Brady getting embarrassed by Mike McCarthy of all people on national TV. Woof retire, buddy. (laughs) Go be with your family dog. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) what I was going to get at there is I really liked how Dallas's offense looked against what's been a pretty good Tampa Bay defense at Tampa Bay. That was pretty impressive by the offense. Looked like Prescott's back on and Pollard has it going really good uh, running back to have. And I don't know. They just looked really sharp overall. And frankly, San Francisco's offense looks really sharp. It's honestly underrated. Their, their defense is so good. And with the offense, all you get is like, Oh, Brock Purdy holding his own people comparing him to like 2001 Tom Brady guys, 2001 Tom Brady, the Patriots didn't throw the ball. Tom Brady had one touchdown in the 2001 playoffs, one touchdown pass. The, this San Francisco offense, granted it's different. The Patriots didn't have weapons or anything like that, but this San Francisco offense is awesome. It's really cool to watch. I yeah. mean, Kyle Shanahan is a genius until the fourth quarter of a big game. And this doesn't count as a big enough game for him to choke. So I think what I'm saying, what I'm getting at here is I, I like the over on this one. And All keep right. in mind, I'm always wrong. So anyway, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round to get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. Uh, we also sponsored by uh, Thin Man Brewery, a little brewery you guys might have heard of. They have two locations in Buffalo, uh, Elmwood Avenue and Chandler Street. In fact, Brendan will be at Chandler Street this Saturday performing with his band, Slow Animal. Thanks. Uh, Look at that plug. Thanks, pal. That's right. Also, not related to the Thin Man. Actually, well, I'm not going to do that during the Thin Man ad read. Never mind. Scratch that. Also a Thin Man. <laughs> um, Brendan, are you a fan of The Last of Us, either the video game or the new TV show? I have not seen the first episode of the show, but I am a fan of Pedro Pascal. So I'm going to say uh, yes. yes. He's the star of the show. Big year for Pedro Pascal coming up. Um, well, anyway, I, I asked that because Thin Man, uh, in collaboration with Zool Brewery, Brewery uh, sorry, Zool Beer Company, which uh, is from Tennessee, uh, they collaborated on a new beer. It's called Clickers. It's a 6.9% hazy IPA. And it's uh, a, uh, I guess, reference is the wrong. It's an homage to uh, The Last of Us. So here's what it is. It has a stupid amount of Citra, Strata, and Nelson Solvent. Oh, this is interesting. Hmm. The Instagram post from Thin Man is very interesting. It says, this people eater will not transmit the cordyceps brain infection. Nose is grapefruit peel, wildflowers, and white grape, must followed by white peach, pinot grigio, and honeydew melon, and on the palate. 
get some. Here's the thing. I don't know anything about The Last of Us, but if you like The Last of Us, I bet you will like this. All right, Additionally, let's go. you might also like uh, The Return of Burning Money IPA. It's back this Friday. So, folks, Friday, you wake up in the morning, the Sabres just won. They beat the Islanders in Ryan Miller night. How do you celebrate on this Friday? You go get some Burning Money IPA, which is back at Thin Man. Uh, limited time only, though. So get there quick. And try a Clickers IPA. If you like The Last of Us especially. And if you don't like The Last of Us, you might like it anyway. I mean, who knows? And people really do like The Last of Us. I don't play video games, but I might check out the show. And then maybe I'll get some of these references. But folks, the point is, head to Thin Man Brewery this Friday. Or do you have this weekend? Grab some of those beers. And, uh, you know, have a good time. You know, burning money, that's what it feels like I do every time I go to Thin Man. Except I'm not burning money, I'm enjoying it. Exactly. Yeah, and sometimes our, our dear friend Yvonne is making sure I don't spend any money, so that's great. Well, <laughs> you know what you forgot, too? What? The biggest event of all that's happening on Wednesday, January 25th at Thin Man Elmwood. Oh, that's right. What am I saying? Yes, of course. Our trivia night. Our trivia night, folks. If you follow us on social media, which if you don't, you should. You could find us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Straight Up Sabers, Twitter at Straight Sabers, but you'll find us either way. We had posted the flyer that Thin Man had put together for us for our Buffalo Sports Trivia Night, folks. Taylor and I are coming up with the questions. We've already been sharing a bunch of ideas that we're really excited about. It's going to be a really cool, unique local take on sports trivia. So make sure. If it's just you coming out, come on out. If it's you and a group of friends, come on out. Either way, we want everybody coming out. It's going to be a great time, great food, great drinks, great prizes, great hangs. We're going to have a ton of fun. Taylor and I are going to be hosting trivia. It is going to be a damn good time, so you do not want to miss it. Is Yvonne participating? Do we know? I don't know yet, actually. We got to find out. Folks, I'm working on questions as we speak. We're a week away, so very exciting. Well, we're right. a week away from that, Taylor, but we are less than 24 hours away from Ryan Miller getting his jersey, number 30, raised into the rafters prior to the Sabres taking on the New York Islanders. It was announced prior to the season that Ryan Miller, one of the most beloved Sabres of all time, arguably the most beloved Sabre of our lifetime, was going to be getting his number 30 retired by the Sabres. Prior to this announcement happening, it was speculated by pretty much everybody that Miller was the next logical choice to get his number retired. You and I both were pretty strong advocates for it, Taylor. And I think we had talked about it on multiple episodes, particularly even last season as well, for that matter. But it's really, really exciting. And so what we wanted to do today, everybody, is one, obviously reflect back on Ryan Miller's legacy as a saber, what he means, you know, in terms of the franchise, to the community, to the city, and talk about some of our favorite moments uh, that we have of remembering Ryan Miller. Because again, it's not often that you have a player that is just such a, a franchise cornerstone, I think is really the best way to put it, to describe him. And that encompasses everything because it was more than just his play on the ice. I mean, obviously, we're talking about a Vesna winner. We're talking about, of course, an Olympic silver, silver medalist with his unbelievable otherworldly run in that Olympics where he completely stole the show and put U.S. hockey on the map, honestly. Like, really, I think, gained a lot of respect that was lacking 
in large part due to his play. Aside from that, though, in his unbelievable on the ice play, he was so ingrained into the community here. He was very invested in a lot of charitable causes, constantly putting on events and fundraisers and just really was a part of, of the Buffalo community to the point that it just felt like he was one of us. So this is really, really exciting to see. I, I can't wait to be there for this. I know it's going to be a very, very emotional evening to say the least, but Taylor, just generally speaking, you know, take the floor. What are your, your thoughts on Ryan Miller? Any, any particular memories you have and, you know, just his standing when it comes to all time Sabres. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I think it really, things went really well for him. It, he's the kind of guy uh, you really, you don't get that often. As a sports fan in general, a guy who really wants to be in your city, really enjoys it, is successful immediately, both at a team level and individual level, takes his role seriously as both a leader on the team, even situations where it might uh, be difficult, and also an important member of the community who nonetheless is a fun and memorable personality. And kind of felt uh, larger than life when he was here, even though pretty small guy, to be honest. So I think it's it's just a really – it's a best-case scenario for him. He was drafted, I believe, in the fifth or sixth round. Uh, was not a high draft pick for the Sabres. Uh, went to Michigan State and was awesome there. He actually kind of is like Devin Levi in that way, in that he goes to colleges and has this, like, otherworldly season. And eventually comes to Buffalo – when he is going between Rochester and Buffalo as a young guy, things were not the best years. Uh, I know they're not the best here right now either, but it was a very brief period back then. And it was kind of a rare thing. The Sabres are usually a playoff team for most of their history until you get to their bankruptcy uh, and you get to that three-year playoff drought that culminated also in the lockout after that. So it's, it was a, a strange time. Hashik leaves. Uh, you have Marty Baron starting, which he was pretty good, but maybe not 100% ready for that starting role. And uh, Bob Asenza sure as shit wasn't ready to be the backup. So then you get Megan Norn in there. You have Norn and Braun. They're both actually kind of fine, but the team can't score. Miller comes in a couple times. He's supposed to start the 0304 season. You think, all right, he's up now. It's him and Baron, and he gets shelled in the first week. And then that season, it's Baron and Norn. And, and like I said, they were okay. So there's no real reason for Miller to supplant them. And then the lockout happens. Miller gets to play in Rochester in the lockout uh, with a young core who ended up being uh, very important. Roy Vanek, Pominville, Gostad. I don't know if Stafford was there at that time. I don't think he was yet by the time they were, all those guys are playing there. And then the lockout ends and no one expects anything. The favors. They they just recently been bankrupt. They hadn't been to the playoffs since 01. And I don't need to tell all you guys how awesome that season was. And 05, 06 and 06, 07 both tremendous seasons, not like crazy Miller seasons, but he was a good, reliable goalie. It was his first two full seasons. And all of a sudden you're seeing uh, a real reliable goaltender, like a real heir apparent to Hashik. and no offense to Baran or Norinen, but they weren't those guys. And I love Baran, obviously very glad that he's still around and involved in the organization and Miller from then on out, uh, things are different for Miller and the team because as I don't need to remind anyone else, so we've said a million times since this podcast has Rick's reviews, Breer and Jury left, the whole dynamic changed. All of a sudden, that young core, they're the leaders. And the leader, even though he couldn't be the captain, was Miller, no doubt. Uh, I think you saw that over and over, and you saw it especially, unfortunately, as the team began to decline. Before they declined, before I get to that, 
the 07 08 season uh miller's worst season as a pro honestly i don't i mean i won't count anything that happens once he got old and became a backup because it was he was expected to really step up as a player not just a leader and unfortunately when the season started right around the beginning of the season his cousin who he had a very close relationship with died of cancer. And a lot of Sabres fans will remember in that 06, 07 playoff run, his, and I think that entire season, he had his, his helmet had a special little uh, tribute to his cousin. That cousin ended up succumbing to his disease and Miller won the first game after that, but there was a combination of, I'm sure that was very tough on him mentally. And then Lindy Ruff uh, was not, let's say the most forward thinking when it came to how to handle goaltenders and again, like I almost like seven or eight years before when Hashik was gone, and all of a sudden it was Baron and Essence. Uh, it was Miller still there. Great. They traded Baron the year before. They Ty Conklin's a backup. They don't resign him. And then boom, what do you get? Jocelyn Tebold, who's 100 years old. He's terrible, but the Sabres are pretty close to a playoff spot. So Lindy has to start him. He really wears him down. I think he played 76 games that year, but he comes back next year. And he's pretty good, and the Sabres are worse because there's no Campbell. They're not as high of a scoring of a team. Uh, they're still a higher scoring team than people remember, but Miller is a huge stabilizer on that team. And unfortunately, he gets hurt, and Leem had to play, and uh, I believe Michael Telkfist had to play, and that, that cost him, and they missed the playoffs again after a bad stretch in the spring. And the next year, I think there's a lot of talk, like, what the hell's going on with the Sabres team? Do they need to do a full rebuild? They just missed the playoffs twice in a row, barely both times, but still, like, annoying. And it, coming off the heels of the President's Trophy season and two conference finals, what's going to happen? And Miller put on an unbelievable display, not just in the NHL either. He was wire-to-wire wire basically the best goalie. He was the difference. The Sabres could have been a ninth or 10th place team again, but because of how well he played, they were third in the East. They won the division their last division title to this day. And in the middle of that, he didn't take some break when they went to the Olympics. He had the best Olympic performance since Hashik, frankly, as a goalie, that is. And they only, he almost single-handedly beat Canada and then brought them to overtime against Canada again in the gold medal game. Obviously, Crosby got him. It's unfortunate. And we'll mention the other time Crosby got him in a big moment. That's not as relevant. And then you can have the next couple of years. The next year, he's good again. They're in the playoffs again, but he's not great, and they lose. And then he's really good down the stretch in 11 and 12. And then I think the thing that will make me respect Ryan Miller forever are the 12-13, the which is really just the 13 season because that's the second lockout that he was involved in. Starts January 13, and it, it was like the other season we just had the start in January and that it was uh, a very shortened season that felt like 100 years. And – one of the biggest bright spots was Miller. One of the things I'll always remember from that season is Patrick Coletta getting a big suspension for another stupid play. And he complained that he wasn't in the lineup when he was eligible to come back from the suspension. He complained to the media, not to the coach or anyone. And Miller was asked about it and had, didn't know anything about it. Basically said to the media, like, I'm going to handle this. And I believe Coletta apologized after that. I'm not to put down Coletta. It's just, it is what it is. And the next year, the Sabres are horrific. It's year one of quote-unquote suffering. It's And that's another year that felt 100 years long. And Ryan Miller was so admirable in that first half of the season. He had, it's like I believe, like almost a 920 save percentage playing behind a horrific, unbelievably bad team. And it's uh, I'll always remember that. And he got traded. I, I remember the day he got traded, February 2014. I was sad about it then. And I'm, I'm still sad that 
you know, things couldn't have worked out differently, but uh, he went to St. Louis. That didn't go great, but then he had a, his last pretty good year in Vancouver. He brought Vancouver to the playoffs and had a couple good years as a backup. And it was, it's a good career. All, all things considered, I think it's, uh, you know, there's, it's, I, I could go on for 20 more minutes, even though I've already gone on for too long, but that journey is it's, it's, you got little, every little thing out. You have him as an important young guy on a, you know, a team that needs, needs something. And then you have, they're great. But he's he's a part of that. Uh, I didn't mention the Ryan Miller shutout thing. That's more of a funny thing than anything. And then you have you know his fantastic season. You have how much you know immediately how much you miss him in 0809, how much you felt for him in 0708. And then frankly, I I can only speak for myself. I knew everyone was thinking about him as trade bait in 1314, but I he went in there game after the game getting shelled and knowing his offense couldn't score. And, hey uh, Taylor, and, mm-hmm. uh, 923. 923 that prior year. to the trade fantastic i i, I really uh i'll always respect that guy and i just uh i wanted to say what a piece of shit i think milan lucic is <laughs> amen that was beautifully beautifully put so let's talk about my point before that i had made in terms of where ryan ranks not only in terms of i guess savers of our lifetime but buffalo athletes of our lifetime when we think about that, Taylor, where where would you place Miller? That's interesting. Just in terms of his on uh, ice accomplishments, I think everything. I think all encompassing in terms of being a Buffalo sports top tier athlete. Like for me, there are very very few guys who I think fall into that category where. Not only are they particularly dominant within their respective sport and the Sabres' best player or nearly their best player, but also taking into account things like community impact, how involved they were in the community, and just how likable they were. And when I think about that with Miller, there's very few guys I think that fit into that mold along with him. I think from, you know, the 05 to 07 era, He's probably the guy. I mean, maybe Danny yeah. Briere is up there. You know, I yeah. would say. But Miller was here for longer, and I and that holds a lot of weight. On top of that, too, then looking over at the Bills, I mean, now it's it's very different with having like Josh Allen here, for example. Like he's right there in terms of that level, and even more so just considering his like national reach. But Bills of that era, not many, I think, that kind of fall into that like both dominant and universally beloved like kyle williams comes to mind fred jackson but neither of them i don't think were as good as ryan miller was like mm, comparatively kyle was you think kyle williams was yeah kyle williams is great I, i'm not saying that he wasn't great it's just, just different saying... though because you don't watch a defensive tackle every play you yeah. notice when ryan miller makes a big save um that was not in any way a dig at kyle williams oh, it was yeah. more so just like there was a time where ryan miller was an unquestioned, I would say, top three to five goalie in the league. And did Williams have that, not due to his talent, but just, I guess, the relative other talent in the league at the position throughout his career? Interesting. I was going to say, I mean, our lifetime technically includes Hashik. So I would have to say Hashik, he's the guy. And I I mean, yeah, I'd have to say, I guess, Hashik. And then with, with everything Miller meant, like we, everything we could get to, like that he was so active around here, that you could you just see him around the places that he cared as much about 
you know, being a part of the community and the art scene and different things like that. It's it's hard to quantify that. And that really meant a lot. Uh, For sure. Yeah, it seems like, you know, it's a weird thing because the, the 05 to 07 Sabres were so big around here, but it almost feels like someone like Josh Allen is too goddamn famous to be that much of a part of the community. Like, it's it does not a dig at him at all. It's just like, this guy is on national TV. He's like, yeah, Allen's going to end up being like probably the guy of our our young lives, at least. For uh, sure. But... It is. It's a. It's a weird thing. I, maybe. Maybe the times are different. You know, the can end up. Is, I think Ellen know, realistically could end up being a, like top five Buffalo sports athlete ever if they end up winning a title. Well, he's gonna be the most beloved if they win a title. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but he, uh, Allen. The thing with Allen, it's also a different time. I think a nice thing about the 05 to 07 era that eventually dissipated was that. You could still kind of go out and people might get a shitty picture of you with their awful cell phone camera and be like, no, dude, I promise this is Derek Roy. Did you see he's hanging out outside. <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to get sued. Um, uh, but like now it's just so easy. It's so easy. And like a, a good example is like all the pictures of Darius on Snapchat and Instagram back in 2016 when he was supposed to be going to rehab or whatever, but like he was out on Chippewa. It's like, or Alan, whatever he was out on. Yeah, like people just can see you, and like we saw Alan. Well, I I don't know. If, actually, we're, I don't know if you were there for this, but the at Banshee for the Team USA versus England game on Black Friday, Alan and a few other Bills showed up, and like Reed Ferguson and Tyler Matakavich were there, and if they were there first, and people were where they were there, but I didn't even try to even look over there. I was like a tall guy, okay, and then I believe Knox showed up, and it was like, oh, Dawson Knox, huh? And then Alan showed up, and it was like. Someone just, he just completely like dominated the room. Like, even though he was trying to be discreet and walk quick and came in the back way. Like, so like, I think it's just, and and they they had their own area. Like you have to, like as people will bother you. Sure. But also like, you're just going to have endless pictures taken. Even I'm sure they did anyway. So different times to, to be a famous person, no doubt. I mean, I remember a time, last story, this is totally relevant to Ryan Miller, but um, that Ruben Brown allegedly used to talk shit about Drew Bledsoe while he was just drinking at the Big Tree after games. Allegedly, allegedly. Uh, you couldn't do that now. You'd have a camera in your face in a second. Someone would be recording you doing that. And then it's a huge story. So different times. Um, and uh, I guess what I'm really trying to say with all this is I really appreciate Ryan Miller, and I feel lucky to have uh, cheered for him as an athlete. Well said, my friend. I could not agree more. Definitely. Yeah, we I were... swear to God, if they don't win tomorrow. If they don't win, we're quitting the podcast forever. That's. I'm just kidding. We have contractual obligations. We actually are sworn to this now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, check out all of our fellow shows. And make sure you're following both the presenters on social media where you could also find us, Straight Up Sabres, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, wherever you're listening, make sure you are subscribed or following us and leave us a nice review as we'd very, very much appreciate it. Last but not least, both of our sponsors, check them out, DraftKings. Use that promo code THPN to take advantage of great deals. And Thin Man Brewery, make sure you're joining us on January 25th, Wednesday night. 
for Buffalo Sports Trivia, hosted by yours truly, Taylor, and myself. It's going to be a great time. We're really looking forward to seeing you then. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday, everybody. This has been Straight Up Sabres.